so that mindset shift of still setting that outcome and setting that goal. Maybe it is a number, maybe it's a new habit you're trying to form, um, but taking more time to reflect and embrace the journey to get there, even if you don't end up getting to that exact destination and outcome in the first place. Right. Because once you learn to, you know, appreciate and respect the ups and the downs and the face plants, literal face plants of not being able to stick to something, having all that data over time just gives you more insight to what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. Welcome to the Build with Brayback podcast, where we dig deep into real, raw, and honest conversations with people that are making moves, making change, and making their own version of their very best life. And teaching you how to build the same. Covering all things health, wellness, anti-diet culture, body positivity, and so much more. Here's your host, Amanda Brayback. Hey, hey, good morning. Welcome to Build with Brayback. It's Amanda Brayback. Thanks for tuning in. I don't have a lot to say before we get into the episode. Um, I think that you guys are going to really love this episode with Molly. She's amazing. She is just a super genuine, down-to-earth gal. Um, I love what she's about. I love what she's doing in the Boston fitness industry. I feel like she is just the energy that people need to surround themselves by. So I hope that you get that from this episode. Really quick before we get into it, I just want to read a quick little quote from a card that my sister sent me this week. Um, And I feel like it really embodies one of the big reasons why I started this whole thing. The patriarchy needs the beauty standard because when we're focused on getting a beach body, we're too busy thinking about smashing the system. Boom, mic drop. That's it. Let's not waste our time on it anymore. All right. Really quickly before we get into the episode, um, I do want to leave just a little trigger warning up top. We do um, talk about some body image and um, disordered eating, disordered exercising stuff. Nothing um, is too like graphic or anything like that. But if you're not in the headspace to listen to that kind of conversation, maybe give this one a little skip or just skip over those pieces of the conversation. All right, that's it. Enjoy, guys. Today's guest is just one of those people that the moment you meet them, you just know she's a cool-ass human. When she's managing the – I'm sorry. When she's not managing the hell out of Lululemon in Boston Seaport, you can find her scurrying around from studio to studio teaching killer classes at Sweat Fix and Everybody Fights. You might know her as Molly Rose Fit on Instagram, where she serves up endless motivation and realness and hypes up so many other women who are also doing cool things. She gives people a safe space, an open space to be vulnerable, get stronger, and allow them to just connect to the process of it all. Welcome to the podcast, Molly. Ooh, like, damn, who is this chick? (laughs) (laughs) It's you. Thanks for having me. Thanks um, for so coming on. I'm yeah. so excited to have you. Um, did I miss anything? 
I'm sure there is so yeah. much, but you pretty much got it all in one take. I'm I'm very impressed, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so glad. Um, okay, so let's just dive right in. I mean, why don't we just start from your journey into the fitness world into becoming an instructor to where you are now. For sure. Yeah. Um, I would say my journey in fitness has been definitely a long time coming. Um, before I found group fitness, when I started working for Lululemon, um, just after I graduated college, I was very much one of those people that was very much into traditional bodybuilding, you know, having my hour and a half at the gym every single day, I would have my big ass headphones on my head, go in, yep. do my thing, not talk to anybody and just come and go. And I, that was definitely my experience and perception of what fitness was like for a very long time. And Same, honestly, <laughs> yeah, I think, I think a good amount of people, you know, find fitness one way or another. And a lot of times it is through that. Mm. Um, and then through my journey and experience working at Lululemon, and that's where I found group fitness. So um, slowly over time, I saw all these people that I was working with, they were going and taking these classes and having fun and going together and having these little sweat dates. And I was like, huh, I wonder like, like making fitness <laughs> like a fun social thing, like that whole idea of like using working out and moving your body as like a way to be social and mm -hmm. interact with people is something that I, I had an experience before. So slowly over time, I started taking classes, going to different studios and just getting more comfortable, I guess, working out in a space with people. Um, and over time, I just got more and more hooked. And that's actually my job at ULM was how I found teaching in the first place. So um, for people that aren't familiar with Lululemon, we have store specific ambassadors that just kind of represent each individual store that represent their greater community and are just great mm -hmm. advocates, whether they are a studio owner, restaurant owner, entrepreneur, anything like that. They are super involved, super passionate and represent whatever community they're a part of or created themselves. Um, so I ended up finding uh, Sweatfix, Elise, the founder of Sweatfix. She was one of the ambassadors for the team that I was a part of at the time. And one day she posted that they were hosting um, instructor auditions. And I was like, hey, I'm free on Saturday. Like, <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't treat it seriously at all. I was just like, hey, let's like just do something for the heck of it and see what happens. And let's see, like two and a half or three years later, I have picked up a ton of classes, ended up getting trained to teach at another studio, Everybody Fights, which is how mm -hmm. we met. Mm -hmm. um, and it's just been uphill and an awesome journey since. And now I'm even incorporating group fitness and sweating in the community and creating those relationships in my full-time job at Lululemon. So it's funny how it's come full circle. I love it. Yeah. I love kind of just like hearing the whole journey. Cause I feel like we really live in a world of, you know, the whole highlight reel and everything. So you can kind of see like, not the end of someone's journey, you know, but you can kind of see like this one part of like, oh my God, she's teaching all these classes. Like, that's so amazing. I could never do that. But like to see, like you also started from a place <laughs> of like, I don't know what I'm doing, but like, eh, 
let's give it a whirl. Like you never really know what yeah. you're capable of. Exactly. There's always a starting point that unless you ask, most people are never going to know about. So right. Yeah. Everybody's somewhere. Exactly. And that is why we are here. Um, okay. I love it. So let's kind of shift focus a little bit. Um, so like you were saying, your whole fitness kind of journey with yourself started like that, like very much a solo kind of thing. You're in the gym, blinders on, you're in, you're out, avoiding eye contact, all the things. As it kind of developed into group fitness, how did like your relationship to fitness change if that makes any sense oh yeah that's a great question um i would say first off my when i really started making fitness a commitment and kind of a consistent habit that i wanted to consistently have in my life mm -hmm. um I was in college. Uh, I was a junior, sophomore slash junior year of college. So most of the people that I, I was around, you know, I was in Greek life. I had a great social life. Um, but obviously at the time I went to a, a pretty big like public university. So um, having fitness um, steadily, you know, waking up early mornings and going to the gym and working out before classes in a day of like everything else wasn't something that most of my friends or people that I was hanging out with at the time, um, no one else was doing. So I was kind of not forced to make that habit very independent on my own, but I knew that if I wanted to accomplish these goals that I had set out for myself, I kind of had to be somewhat independent in a way, because if I caved to that classic peer pressure that often comes along with being mm -hmm. in social groups in any age school, especially high school and college. Um, I knew internally that I had to have that great level of discipline to be able to say, uh, this is really important to me. And even if it means making those sacrifices, waking up a little bit earlier and going to the gym by myself when everybody else is sleeping in, it's really important to me. So okay. I'm going to take those sacrifices to get to where I want to be. So when it came to group fitness, I think the sense of support and accountability um, while actually being in the workout, I had never experienced before. And it's so funny looking back now, <laughs> and I'm sure you can relate to this because mm -hmm the thought of working out by myself now, now that I know what that feeling of community and support and camaraderie and challenge and all those amazing things that you thrive and receive off of the instructor and other people in the room is so hard to not have once you know what that feeling is like. Yes. Um, yeah. So I guess before I discovered group fitness, I didn't I didn't realize how much those little factors and differences for me made it so much easier to stick to, you know, working out or moving my body every day, because there is that social aspect. There's that aspect of connection that makes it so much more, makes that 45 minutes or an hour so much more and better and more rewarding than just mm -hmm. sweating and burning a certain amount of calories. Yeah. 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 I feel like it kind of changes almost like the purpose behind it and your why, because there's still the overarching like health goals. You want to move your body, but you're also getting so much else from it. 
like yeah. a different kind of energy. 100%. Yeah. I love that. Okay. And then kind of same question, but just a little different. How did it kind of develop and change your relationship with yourself and your body if it did? Mm, also a great question. Well, yeah, it definitely parallels to what I was just saying because, I mean, like many people, uh, such as myself, um, starting those regular habits of working out a lot of times, and I was actually talking about this with someone last week, is a lot of times your goals um, as you start out in regards to fitness and working out, all of your goals are going to be very tangible mm -hmm. and you're going to have like a certain number or like specific outcome attached to it. Um, and I would say that with that transition from group fitness, my goals and like what I wanted to get, um, not only my goals related to the outcome, but also to the process, what I was looking for and consistently sticking to, you know, going to those classes and working out for 45 minutes a day for how many times or days per mm -hmm. week, um, what I was looking for during that time just changed. So when I was, you know, doing those bodybuilding workouts and uh, college and post-college, you know, working out for an hour and a half by myself every day, my goal was to burn a certain amount of calories, you know, work certain muscle groups, have my yeah. certain splits and get as close to the way that I wanted to look in the mirror and in my Instagram pictures mm -hmm. as well as that like goal and picture in my head as I could get. And I didn't have any other goals outside of those yeah. Numerical based goals. Yeah. And now the thing that I always talk about with people is as untangible now as it is like focusing on the feeling, mm -hmm. um, whether that's like in the actual class or the post-workout high endorphin rush that I think so many people are addicted to. And it's just like the best feeling in the world, in the world, but also going back to that connection aspect just feeling like you have a safe place in space to go to just release or build up whatever energy you have from the day. So yes. if you had a day at work and you feel like you just need to move energy in a healthy and productive way in whatever capacity that is, sometimes it's just lifting up a heavy object and throwing and slamming it down and physically literally releasing that energy and having that safe, safe space for that. I wouldn't say that's mostly a goal, but it's, it's something to look forward to. Totally. It needed time, you know, yeah. it's all those like intrinsic motivators of like, I know how great I'm going to feel after this workout or like, Oh my God, I'm getting so much stronger. I couldn't do this last time I was here instead of just like, really trying to lose five pounds and it's getting really frustrating, like that kind of thing, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. I love that. I feel like it, um, it also makes like, it almost forces you to be more intuitive and responsive and aware of your body because mm -hmm. instead of relying on external factors, like, a number on the scale, 
you have to, if you're focusing on the feeling and like what you're getting out of that 45 minutes, whether it's the feeling when you're actually doing it or the feeling after, in order to understand what those feelings are, you have to learn how to be super in tune with your head, how you're feeling when you're walking into that room, when you're doing actual movement. Um, Yeah. I feel like for me, it's literally taught me how to be more in tune with my body and knowing when I'm ready to push and go harder and when it's time for me to let go instead of just being, I'm going to push as hard as I can because I have another 75 calories to do on the Stairmaster. I just remember like numbers like that. Yeah. Just sticking to the numbers, no matter what, and being super stubborn instead of knowing what's right in the moment and how to adjust accordingly. Totally. I was literally just going to ask you like how it changed your like like mindfulness and all of that because I feel like I too had a very similar (laughs) journey with fitness and it's just crazy how much more in tune you are with your body like you know when you need a rest day you know when like all right today's movement just needs to be walking for my mental health for like the sake of recovery, you are able to like know when you need that. And then also know when you're like, I'm ready to go today. Like, and you can get more excited about it instead of like, well, time to check off another hour on the Stairmaster by myself. (laughs) I think it also, I just think overall it's, it'll set you up for success more in the long run, which Mm -hmm. I think it, I mean, just in the industry in general, everything is so short-term quick fix, which like, I, I feel like it's becoming more and more common in the conversations that I have with people is that hopefully we're catching on to like these quick fixes never work (laughs) and just setting you up for success of knowing like even if you have, like, say, if you are walking into a group fitness class, like it technically is the instructor's job to know when to push you and to read the room. But in the end, and I say this in class all the time, like you are the only one that knows what's going on inside your body and you have to be in tune and know when you need to ease up and when you're ready to push and go harder. Because if you just listen to that group instructor, fitness instructor, or whoever's the video that you're taking a online workout class, they're always going to tell you to like push harder, get one second faster. Cause that's literally their job to motivate you to push yourself. But, um, it's almost more reliant on you to be able to say, okay, you're telling me to go harder, but right now in this moment, I need to ease up a little bit. Totally. And it definitely takes time to really build up that intuitive, like tool. Yeah. Almost like I feel like that is kind of the common misconception when it comes to like intuitive movement and intuitive eating. It's just like, oh, so you just do whatever you want all the time. You probably like never work out. You just eat donuts all the time. And it's like, no, your body is an amazing machine that will really tell you what it needs. And you're going to start to listen. It's like when you go on vacation and you don't work out at all and you like eat all the things like just tan foods nonstop drink for a week you know like when you get back like not from like a guilt thing but like 
My body is craving greens. My body is craving <laughs> sweat and movement. Like it tells you what it wants. Yeah. And I think some things in regards to like, now you bring up like eating and movement, like some things, it's like any muscle or any habit, some things are going to be harder to unlearn and then learn those habits that you want to replace it with. It's like, if you're doing improper squat form for like 10 years, first you have to unlearn all the things that you're doing wrong before you can build up the things to replace it to make that squat form good again. Totally. Um, yeah. So it's like any muscle and any habit, especially with like intuitive eating or anything where, yeah, you have to understand how to take a step back and li literally take a listen in on your body and what she or he is saying. Yeah. Cause we're so taught to just stick to these systems and these timings and eating during certain times of the day and working out for this mm -hmm. certain amount. And it's, so hard to learn to literally use that muscle to be like, okay, even though I'm used to doing this, is this working out okay for me in this moment? Yep. Yeah. I love it. Okay. Let's dive just like one step deeper. Um, cause I love talking about like the, you know, learning how to use that intuitive tool. Um, but you also are very open on social media about kind of like your relationship with your body and how that is transformed. Kind of like, as you were just saying, as you changed the way that you were exercising and, um, but if you don't mind diving a little bit deeper in just kind of how your body image and all of that has changed and like body confidence. Has evolved. Yeah, definitely. I could go on forever. <laughs> oh, one thing that I am very grateful for that I am able to talk so openly about, you know, how I'm feeling with my body image now. And especially in, in the past when it was definitely a lot more of a prevalent struggle and kind of more like crippling crutch that kind of impacted like all relationships I had, not just with myself, but with people around me. Mm -hmm. um, it, I think for a lot of women, you know, your, my body image has always been somewhat distorted from, you know, what it actually is. And one of the things that I talked about a lot is um, for those people that don't know me, um, I have gone through um, a couple years ago, before I really started getting into fitness, I had a pretty large weight loss journey. So when I was younger and growing up, um, I was definitely on the heavier side. And everything in regards to my body, I learned how to compare and contrast how I was feeling in my body and how I thought I was looking and I always compared and contrast myself to the people that I was surrounded with. Um, so like many women, I am my harshest critic and aren't we all um, so great. <laughs> yeah. It's, I almost, um, sometimes I almost talk about if you were able to record and write down all the thoughts that you tell yourself in your head about how you're looking compared to the people around you, how disgusting you look and pointing out all those flaws. If you could write down all those things, like you would have novels and mm -hmm. novels and, um, obviously, um, you would never say 
any of those things to your mom, your sister, Mm -hmm. your best friend. So just think about if you have those types of thoughts day in and day out for years and years and years, it just creates a toxic energy and mindset within yourself. And then also when you interact with other people, like I remember before I learned how to talk about, you know, how uncomfortable and how gross and just unsatisfied I was with how I looked and how I felt in my body, the way I interacted with others and my relationships and how close I was able to get with people was definitely cut in half. You know, it was so minimized because I wasn't able to open up at the bare minimum of these thoughts and things that were going through my head day in and day out. So even if I was, you know, hanging out with some friends after school and high school, Mm -hmm. and we were talking about what boys we liked or what movie we were going to see that weekend, if in the back of my head, all I was thinking about was all my friends are so much skinnier than me. You know, my arms are so big. I just don't feel comfortable in the clothes that I'm wearing. I wasn't fully present because in the back of my head, all those insecurities were just the only things that were coming into my head. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure at the time, anything that did come out of my mouth just felt like, like I wasn't fully there. Yeah. Like any other distraction or addiction or disorder, those thoughts that are constantly in the back of your head that you aren't able to share with the people around you, like that affects your relationships. And if you aren't, able to share, you know, those things that are really on your mind all the time. It affected all my relationships when I was younger. So once I learned to just let it all out, and at first it was on paper, writing it down, all those thoughts and how I was truly feeling. And then, you know, once I got more comfortable on social media, um, I don't remember how exactly or when, but I just started posting videos on my story saying how I was feeling Mm -hmm. and just with no expectation of like anybody to respond. It was purely based on the fact that I didn't feel comfortable at the time bringing it up to my friends or family in person. So I was like, at first I was just recording it to have like as a log kind of as like a video diary to like look back and just get all that energy out. And then eventually I just started, like I said, posting it on Instagram. And it's funny because people that I never met before and also my best friends, all these people started responding and saying, oh my gosh, it sounds like you're pulling all the thoughts out of my head and just relaying them back to me. And just by me taking that step in whatever capacity I could to be vulnerable. So for me, it was posting those videos Mm -hmm. online, just to release that energy and those tensions and those insecurities and get those thoughts out of my head. It ended up creating so many connections with people that I had never met before, but it also opened up a whole can of worms for the people that in my life, were my best friends, my family, um, everybody that was close to in my life just kind of removed that barrier that I had and guard that I'd set myself up with against them, you know, not even consciously. It just kind of broke down all those bridges, all those barriers. And it just 
it allowed us to start the conversation in a way that I was able to bring it up comfortably. And it was up to the people on the other side of the screen to respond and tell me what their thoughts were. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I really love that because honestly, that's kind of like where this whole idea came from of like starting the podcast. Like I feel like being cooped up during COVID and spending Mm -hmm. a lot more time on social media and like posting more and like being like, well, I have to put myself out there virtually because that is the only way that we can these days. But like naturally kind of just started sharing like my body image journey stuff and like being super honest and vulnerable about insecurities that I have had or currently have. And like, it's just wild how simple of a concept it is. Like you are vulnerable and then it is received. Like so many women were like, thank you for putting that into words because that's how I've always felt like I went through a similar thing or, you know, and it's like, as women, if you don't go through any kind, even if it's just like a very minuscule kind of thing, you're really lucky because we're taught ever since we're little, no matter how wonderful our parenting was that we received or, you know, our friends were whatever, it's still drilled into your mind. Like shrink, be smaller. You're not good enough. This, that, or the other thing. You only really see like perfection, no pores, no acne, no cellulite. But the more we talk about it, the more we can connect and like stop putting our energy to this and like take down the patriarchy and stuff. Like (laughs) for real. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes all. I think all, and at least I'll speak for myself, mm-hmm. sometimes all I need for someone is to just put how they're feeling out there and and put the invitation out there to start a conversation. Because yeah. especially with like tough shit like this, like yeah. anything related to your body, it's something that is so almost, as much as we love talking about it now, it's not something where if you say if we ran into each other at Starbucks in Southie, it's not like I'm going to be like, oh, I have just been having the worst thoughts about my body. Like I hated the way I looked in the mirror this morning. Like if anybody listening does have the bravery to make, like bring that up in daily conversations, I would love to have a sit down conversation. With <laughs> yeah. You. No kidding. Um, unless you're like in the habit of having those really in-depth discussions in person with the people around you, it's hard to bring up. Yeah. And it is. You know, me, I found that just, yeah, inviting, putting the invitation out there to start the conversation, more people, and I'm sure you experience this too, more people are experiencing exactly what you're going through um, than you give yourself credit for. Because all totally. these thoughts can be so, it's like anything. They, they just make you feel very isolated and very alone, which makes you want to talk about it even less yeah so people are willing to say hey I don't know if anybody else is feeling like this and if no one else is I just wanted to put it out there right um and just release that actual energy um makes a huge difference totally and I love that you do it too because 
I think like someone that doesn't know you very well or maybe just like stumbles upon your Instagram and quickly looks at like your pictures or takes a class or something like really might think like she's a fitness instructor. Look how freaking strong she is. Like she's killing it. She probably has never had these thoughts or has ever gone through things that I have gone through. So the more like relatability that we can impart on each other, I think really goes a long way. For sure. hundred percent. Love it. Um, okay. You, said something i think it was on a post maybe but it was something about trusting and connecting to the process now Mm. whether you mean with fitness body image stuff can you elaborate on like what you mean by that and the importance absolutely um so this is something that i uh talk about with people all the time once i learned how to fully grasp this idea is, um, and this is something two of my coaches talk about all the time is attaching to the process and detaching Mm -hmm. from the outcome. And especially looking back on like my younger previous self being so goal and number oriented. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny because I, I'm sure even if you looked at and scrolled down to like college fitness, Molly, you would see the difference in tone and in my goals and how I viewed whether you were able to accomplish something or not was based on if you hit that number, whether it was like on a back squat, like how much you were able to like uh, squat or how many pounds you were able to lose in a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything was so numbers focused and if you have that mindset of being so attached to the outcome, if you are so gung ho of getting that number or reaching that outcome, whatever it is in whatever aspect of your life, if you become obsessed enough with it, you're going to do whatever it takes, like whatever it takes to get there. And most of the times, if you're like me and you are committed and passionate enough about it, sometimes you're going to turn to unhealthy methods to do that. Mm-hmm. And I can definitely think of plenty of examples where, especially in terms of fitness, when I was younger, where I was so attached to losing that certain amount of weight or um, whatever number it was, um, whatever that goal was, I did so many things that just like were not the right thing to do because I was like, I have to achieve this, especially because I'm posting about it. And I have people looking up to me and I can't let myself or anybody else that's holding me accountable down. Yep. So that mindset shift of still setting that outcome and setting that goal, maybe it is a number, maybe it's a new habit you're trying to form. Um, but taking more time to reflect and embrace the journey to get there. Even if you don't end up getting to that exact destination and outcome in the first place. Right. Because once you learn to, you know, appreciate and respect the ups and the downs and the face plants, literal face plants of not being able to stick to something having all that data over time just gives you more insight to what works for you and what doesn't. Yeah. 
Yeah. Sometimes it leads you to a whole new goal. Yeah. Like, you know, our uh, the wise woman Hannah Montana once said, it's the climb. It is. So. <laughs> um so (laughs) you talk a lot about mindset and like shifting your mindset and intuition and all of that so do you do anything like daily weekly or just like when you're having a moment to kind of like take care of your mindfulness like do you have any mindful kind of practices or anything Mm -hmm. um so I've, you may know this program, um, it's called Move with Mooch and Mel. They're centered out of here in Boston. I joined that program about a year and a half ago. And one of the thi- one of the parts of the program is all things mindset. Um, so one of the habits that I have stuck to every single day since I joined the program um, was daily journaling. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because I remember when I first joined this program, I was very much like, I don't think I had a single notebook in my house. I was like, I am not a writer, a journaler. I don't want to really write anything down. I'll write down my goals in my planner and any meetings I have, but that was pretty much it. Mm -hmm. And now that I'm in the habit of writing down my, my intentions for the day. So, you know, doing daily affirmations, telling yourself things like, I am beautiful, I am valuable, my presence matters. Writing down things like that um, for the past year and a half had made such a difference Mm -hmm. in how I treat myself throughout the day. Um, Other things I write, like three things I'm grateful for today, which I always preach, just even if you don't write it down, just taking a moment to reflect and think about the things that you are truly appreciative to have in your life. And the example I always give is, you know, having heated car seats on the way, <laughs> driving to like my early AM classes that I'm yes. small things like that, that you're grateful for and being able to write them down and look at them concretely on a piece of paper changes. It changed my mindset forever. Yeah. So now I am a total believer in daily journaling hundred percent. I love that. Yeah. It's crazy how much, like it might seem kind of silly the first few times that you do it, like, but once you, it's just crazy how much it can really shift your perspective. Like you could be having a totally crummy day or maybe had a bad night's sleep or you're dreading something they have to do that day and to kind of step back and be like, I have it pretty good. (laughs) Yeah. There's always something good that you can't seeing it on paper instead of, you know, just thinking, oh yeah, I guess it's, it's nice that I have like, I don't know, a warm cup of coffee to drink in the morning, like on my way to work, but actually like looking at paper and being like, oh yeah, like that is a pretty good thing in my life that I'm like very happy to have. Yeah. Uh, Just makes you more appreciative of it. No kidding. Do you have any other like morning or like bedtime routines that help you either like with your mindfulness or even just like for like recovery or like prepping since you're like constantly moving mm-hmm. yeah um i will say i i try to find and sometimes it's right when i wake up sometimes it's in the middle of the day um 
sometimes I'm able to use a meditation app and sometimes it's just me sitting in the car for two minutes and just taking a deep breath Mm -hmm. and setting an alarm for a certain amount of time. Um, Again, having a busy schedule and always literally running around and jumping from place to place. It is so, it's so easy to let that sense of urgency and rush and just angst like build up throughout the day. So by the time when you get home at night, you're like, I feel like I still have to be doing all these things, but, um, I try to do it at least once a day, if not more than once take, even if it's just a minute or two, like set your alarm on your phone to just take some deep breaths and slow down. Mm-hmm. And that. sometimes that's even like walking to work and be like, okay, I'm going to pause the like hardcore aggressive EDM that I'm listening to right now. And just like walk in silence for a second. <laughs> yeah. It's so real. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just feel like moments to like be with myself for a sec, even yeah. if it's a minute it makes a huge difference. I love that. Cause it's like, you don't need any like expensive products or a bunch of time or, you know, unattainable resources, literally just like breathe, yourself. close your eyes. Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. Okay. We're going to do, cause I know you're a little bit short on time. So we're going to do a fun little rapid fire round and we'll kind of wrap it up. Let's do it. Okay. You are going to be fine. All right. Dunkin', Starbucks, or like a local Boston coffee place? Oh, I would say between Dunkin', Starbucks, definitely Starbucks. Mm -hmm. But I have to um, call out my favorite local place in Southie, Lulu Green. Their lattes are highly recommend, 12 out of 10. Yes. (laughs) Love Lulu Green. Definitely give them a give them a try. What was your order? Oat milk latte, oat milk latte, iced so or hot, iced. Yeah, New Englander. Even if through it's and through. Two degrees outside. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Okay. Um, favorite artist or song to work out to like this week because I know that kind of thing changes constantly. Mm. I would probably go with either. J Balvin or DaBaby. Mm, yeah. Like equally up for grabs, no mm-hmm. matter what the mood. It'll Into always it. it'll always work. <laughs> into it. See, I told you I, I need to come to one of your classes. I'm into that. <laughs> um savory or sweet? Sweet. And what I have, would like, way too many bananas in a day. Just- yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say, what would be your like go-to of that category? Um I have a smoothie at least once a day. Mm-hmm. I just rely on so much freaking fruit, but also, I mean, anything on a sweet potato, I'm like, yeah, game over. I'm so down. I love that. <laughs> um, workout, either workout or teaching a workout must have, like if it's your like certain like leggings, your hair in a certain way, like music, setting. Mm. Hmm. Kind of a tough one. Yeah, I would say, well, in terms of outfit, uh, I love me my mid cap socks, mm. like ride or die, mid cap socks all the way. And then in terms of like, I don't know, setting the scene, I just, I, for me, I'm all about the music. 
So if I have a freaking hyped up playlist that gets me excited, it doesn't matter what the workout is. Like yeah. you're getting ass kicking, but we're going to have so much fun yeah. along the way. <laughs> I love that. When I was teaching at Cycle Bar, they had um, cause they used to do like video rides that you could do. And like on the big screens behind the podium, there would be these, like, they'd play like music videos. You could like make playlists and we ended up stopping doing those. But like before all my classes, I would go in half an hour early and put on like a bunch of like old Nelly and Chingy and like yes. J-Lo music videos and just like be in the room by myself and like hype myself up. Your own personal pregame hype obsession. It we was necessary. It was. <laughs> um, your favorite or go-to pre or post workout fuel? Mm. Mm. Probably anything with oats related to it. Yeah. Like oatmeal, oatmeal bites. I don't know what else you would make out of it. Pancakes? I don't know. Put them in a smoothie. Put them in a smoothie. Yeah. Anything with oats (laughs) and fruit um, is my go-to. Love it. Um, Most Okay, we can say either most embarrassing adult moment or like kind of like a confession kind of thing. I can start while you think. Okay. Um, I recently, as recently as this year, um, peed my pants while taking Paul for a walk as oh. a 28 a year old adult. So. <gasps> oh my yeah. God. That's a good one. <laughs> And like we I live in Southie with like a lot of our a lot of our peers live here, so that I love was, it. That was cool. <laughs> um, I will say this is this would probably be embarrassing for most people, mm-hmm. but I just it I've just gotten so used to it that it doesn't even phase me now. Yeah, is, we don't care. That's so many moments where, like I said, I work at Lululemon, so I work in retail and there have been so many moments. We like blast our favorite music the whole time when the stores open. Um, and I remember there was one time over the summer where it was just after open and I hadn't realized that the doors were open. So guess where people were able to come in and I don't remember what song it was it was like a ludicrous song or something like so where it was one of those songs where like if you were into it you had to like belt it out dance your heart out and I was doing any and all things related to that (laughs) and my back was facing and I literally bumped into like a person coming in to make a return and I just like brushed Uh, off and was like so sorry to like you're like sorry I just twerked on you (laughs) grind my ass like into you while you're trying to like return your leggings but can help you find some lines (laughs) just brush it off you know that's all you can do brush it off and laugh it off you know (laughs) yes definitely no other way to live yeah um okay just a couple more something that you would tell your 16 year old self oh gosh um, things will always get better, even if they seem absolutely terrible and life ending in the moment, mm. it'll always get better. Love that. It does. Um, and then advice for someone starting out in the fitness industry. Ooh, 
That's a great question. I would tell you so many things. I know. <laughs> we could have um, a whole second episode just on that. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm totally down. I would say no matter how long it takes, do the work within yourself or if it's just teaching classes, find what makes you feel most comfortable in your skin and most unique to you Mm. and do your best as much as you look up to the people that are training you and the people whose classes you're taking. Don't try to be them because you have your own good stuff to bring to the table that people want to see. Yeah. Yes. I love that so much. All right. Last one. Any books, podcasts, resources, like anything at all that's either you're loving recently or that's kind of always stuck with you? Mm. Um, I think in turn, well, in terms of podcasts, I just discovered Oprah's podcast. So I've been mm. full on diving into that. And then I'll also call out a couple other ones. Another podcast I've been listening to is called Fingers Crossed. Ooh. It's basically these two 20-something-year-old women talking about just life through their 20s in terms of relationships, COVID, finding more clarity in your career, and all things that um, if you're feeling somewhat lost and just need more perspectives to, again, listen on kind of like this podcast and know that people are going through the same struggles that you are. Um, They're just two very real girls that I love listening to and just getting their perspective on. And then I have actually never heard of this author before, but I think Mm -hmm. she's written a good amount of books. Her name's Rachel Hollis. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. She's written a bunch of books, but the one I'm reading right now is Didn't See That Coming. I think she actually wrote it and published in 2020 because she talks about COVID and all that stuff. Yeah, I think that's her newer one. Like, you know, knowing when to pivot, facing adversity, understanding what's going on in your situation and, you know, where to make adjustments and changes from there, which is obviously very relevant to anybody. Yeah. That's like this world right now. We're so, yeah. all going through <laughs> that right now. So much no, pivoting. <laughs> So much pivoting. Ross would be so proud. I was Ross. literally just thinking, pivot. pivot. Oh, I love you. Um, all right. Last but not least, hype yourself up. Where can everybody find you on the interwebs and IRL? Uh, pretty much in real life, pretty much anywhere in the south part of Boston. So South <laughs> If you see a short gal with a big black puffy coat and mid calf socks walking down the street, it is probably me. (laughs) Um, But yeah, you can find me again. I work at Lululemon and Seaport. So if you need help getting some new workout clothes, I got you girl guy, all that. Um, Still teaching at Sweatfix and hopefully everybody fights once we open back up next week and then on instagram you can find me at molly rose fit i always down for the conversation amazing i love it thank you so much we'll talk soon thank you so much this is so great (laughs) 
Thank you for listening to the Build with Brabeck podcast. Stay connected on Instagram at Build with Brabeck and our website, www.buildwithbrabeck.com. Show a little love by rating and reviewing, sharing with your friends, and of course, subscribing so you don't ever miss an episode. Until next week, keep on building.